Diana. Um, this temple was a temple where, thank you. Oh, there you go. It was the home of a pagan. It was a home of a pagan goddess named Art. Her name was Artemis or, the, or, or Diana, but she was worshipped as a sex goddess. Scores of eunuchs, priests, priestesses, temple prostitutes, singers, and dancers. People would come into this temple, and they were given into. They were just given into the most sinful acts: sleeping with men, sleeping with women. Wild orgies. I mean, this place and this and what happened in this area was just some of the most perverse perversion that we can think about. You know, the criminals were housed here. It was a place of homosexuality, idolatry, debauchery. It is said it was the most it was the most wretched scum of the earth lived in this city. One historian said that it was a place called the, it's a place of the darkest and most vilest people. And I wanted to show you a picture of um, a statue of artists, but I didn't want to show it because I thought that it might, that the statue itself may arouse things in us that I don't want us to be aroused with. And you can imagine living in a city with so much darkness, so much sin, and now being converted from that city. Imagine being at one time going into the temple and giving over to the most perverse, perversion, whatever it is. You're just giving yourself and now you're being saved and brought out of that. And now you're redeemed and you're chosen and you're adopted and you're living this new life, but yet you're still in the same city. You imagine in this same city now with full of Jesus Christ walking by this place. Full of Jesus Christ, walking by people that maybe at one time, men and women, that you would have been part of some of the most outrageous sexual impure events. And you can imagine being a Christian in the same, same city, the temptation. That as you walk the streets, you reached out, you're sharing your faith, the temptations are still there. And I think this, if you understand this, this gives you a background into these next few verses right here. Right. And you know, I think the, as we look at this, these verses, I don't think it's much different for us today. That we've been brought out of this world, but yet we still have to walk in it. We've been brought out of the kingdom of darkness, but we still are tempted every single day as we walk our lives, we go to work, we go to school, we're saved, we're redeemed, we're washed, but yet the temptations are still right there. And we got to live this life that Christ has called us to live. In verse 17, understanding that background, hopefully we'll understand some of what Paul is saying to the Christians here. In verse 17, he says, so I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. And the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God 
because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. Now, do you understand what's going on here? And they are full of greed. I'm going to stop right there. You know, Paul starts this section. And he, I think it's like he starts off and says, look, let me. So I tell you this and I insist on it in the Lord. It's like, listen up, pay attention. This is important. I insist on it. Not me, but in the Lord. This is not what I want. This is what God wants from you. And he says, listen, listen, no longer. You must no longer live as the Gentiles do. And the Gentiles is not just the race of people. It's talking about the pagans, the unsaved. Now that you're in Christ, no longer are you to live the way that you used to live or live the way that they're living today. You know, this verse, it says a whole lot about these people were basically the walking dead. It describes the people walking just in uselessness of their minds. It speaks of people whose minds are filled with just useless vanities. They're just complete time wasters. It speaks of people who their thoughts are dark and there's no beam of light in them. They're separated from the life of God. It speaks of people who are just ignorant. Their hearts are hardened. They are totally going the opposite way of God and separated from the life of God. People who are full of sensuality. They just flagrantly Sin. They don't even care. It's not even hidden. They just sin. They don't even care anymore. There's no shame. They just, their hearts are hardened. Their sin is wide open. It says no longer live as they do or as you used to. People are full of greed. Every kind, just, they want more and more filth, more and more perversion, more and more sin. They don't care any sin. No longer Christian, no longer live the way that the world lives. No longer live the way that you used to live. You know, my title today is simply No Longer. Come on. Come on, Phil. You know, as Christians, the lives that we live should be radically different from the world. I'll preach it. <laughs> but we no longer live as the world lives. We no longer act as the world acts. We no longer think the way the world thinks. We no longer behave like the world behaves. Why? Because we're in Christ. We've been saved from that filth. No longer. Do we live like the world around us? I have a few points today. I have to 
Sorry, Ed. I'm going to preach both sermons. But no longer. I think as you walk out of here today, if, even if that sticks in your mind, no longer. I think you've gotten something from the message today. I'm a Christian because of Christ. No longer. But a few things that as I look through this passage that I think that Paul was trying to help them, but I think it helps us today. Let's keep reading here. In verse 20. So he says, no longer live as they do. But then he says in verse 20, that, however, is not the way of life you learned. Okay, I'm going to read that again. I think we got to, as Christians, and I'm speaking to the Christians here. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life. Let's stop right there. My first point is just, you rem remember what you were taught. I think Paul right here is like, look, no longer live this way, but Christians, remember what you were taught. Amen. Remember, now I think it's the sense of, remember, go back. Yeah. Go back to your conversion. Yeah. Go back to the time that you were taught about Jesus Christ. Go back to the time when you were taught about your former way of life. And he says, remember what you were taught. Remember, it says here, what you learned. And I got to think back when they were taught. You got to imagine coming out of that world and that society that's really no different from ours today. As they sat down and they were face-to-face, eyeball-eyeball with Paul or whoever it was, and he was teaching them, I can imagine them teaching about sin. And teaching about how your sin is separating you from life and God, because that's what they would have been taught from the beginning. I can imagine them being taught about judgment. That if you don't change, there's judgment that's going to happen. I can imagine them being taught about heaven and hell. That's what they probably learned earlier. I can imagine them being taught about heaven. So this is not all, this is not everything. There's more to look forward to. I can imagine them being taught about God's grace and, and faith. Like, look, I know it's challenging, but take a step of faith. Trust in Jesus. I'm sure that's what they were taught earlier. I'm sure they were taught about obedience. Listen, but, but it's so tough. Just, just obey the word of God. But I don't know how. Just, you got to repent. You got to trust Christ. You got to repent. I bet that's what they, they, were, they were taught at the very beginning. I bet they were taught about baptism. Man, I can be new again. That's what they were taught. That's what they learned. They learned about eternity, God's righteousness, God's holiness. I bet at one point, I think, you know, it's sometimes over time you forget those things. And sometimes we got to go back. Remember what you were taught. It says in this passage as well, it says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. I bet they were taught, you know, the life you're living in Christ no longer. You know, I read this commentary, this this. 
Pontius about what it means to be taught. The word taught means to teach a student in such a way that the will of the student becomes conformed to the teaching taught. That they were taught in such a way that their will was changed. Like, look, I'm going to completely follow this. And he's reminding them, remember what you were taught so you don't go back to that. Do you remember what you were taught? Take a second. Do you remember the person who took all those notes for you? <laughs> you remember those scraps of paper? And you praise God that a person who had bad penmanship would not take notes for you again. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even read this. What is this? <laughs> Especially when they're using your journal, right? I'm sorry, can you write in my journal? You remember the people who sat there with the Bible open in circles praying for you? Yeah. Do you remember reading the word of God and for the first time scales starting to fall from your eyes? Amen. You remember you're reading and you're studying like, no way this is in here. You're like, whoa, everything makes sense. I was ignorant, but now I know. Do you remember that? Do you remember for the first time feeling there's hope? You remember that? And you were thinking, man, but I thought this was it. There's hope. No way. Do you remember what you were taught? You know, I remember downtown Baltimore, Inner Harbor, 8 o'clock at night. I remember I was on spring break. And these two students, or no, they were ministers at Maryland. Apparently, they were ministers. One was two, one was a minister. And they drove from University of Maryland all the way down to downtown Baltimore in the harbor. Now, that wasn't a good thing to do eight o'clock downtown. You know that Baltimore in the harbor. But I thought only for the gospel of Jesus. That's why they come. But I remember, I remember them sitting down and them opening the Word of God to me, and we studied. About sin. See, I don't, I'll never forget that time. I'll never forget it. But I remember them studying sin and we're going through all these passages and I'm starting to get open about my sin, my immorality, my impurity, my lying, my deceit. And I remember them teaching me and I remember all of a sudden thinking for the first time, I'm lost. But I grew up in the church, but I'm lost. And I realized that if I died, I remember thinking this. I remember driving home thinking, please don't get in our car accident. Please don't get in the car accident. <laughs> and I remember driving home thinking, I got to get right with God. I need help. And I remember tr I've tried. And I've tried, but I realized I kept failing. I kept trying to do right. But for the first time, I realized there's hope. I remember what I was taught. And you know, sometimes I got to go back in this dark world. And I got to remember what I was taught to help me to realize it's not worth it. Do you remember what you were taught? You know, it's just throughout the Bible. It's one of Satan's biggest traps to get us to forget. Just read Deuteronomy. 
so often. Don't, don't forget. Don't forget. Remember what I did. Remember I delivered this over and over. Remember my works. Remember my acts. Remember the plagues. Remember the parting. Remember, remember, remember. And then they get into the promised land. And what do they do? They forget. And God's like, remember, remember. And I think that's why we take communion. That's why we study the Bible with people. Why? So we can remember what we were taught. Do you remember what you were taught? If you remember, constantly remember, and help us to say no longer. I know for me, sometimes I can think, it wasn't really that bad anyway. You know, after 21 years and time started, I really wasn't that bad. And I think, no, it was worse than that bad. You understand what I'm saying, right? It was that bad and, and then some. But just to end this first, I just, just every now and then it's good for disciples just to sit down and journal. Yeah. Now, obviously not dwelling because Christ has saved us from that, but it's good to remember where we came from. That's right. Remember the emptiness. Remember the darkness. Remember your thinking. Remember all the things that Christ had to save you from so that you can remember no longer am I going back there again. Yeah. Remember what you've been taught. Let's keep reading. In verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. I'm going to stop right there. To put off your old self. My second point, and hopefully this doesn't gross you out. Remember what was removed. If you grocery house, just close your eyes, don't look up again. <laughs> I think as we go through, you'll understand why that's up there. You know, the word right here says to put off. The phrase put off means to strip away. It is an image of taking off clothes. The old man is the old person, the old self was dirty. It was corrupt and it was filthy. When we got baptized, the old man was stripped away. It was removed. The word right here, it says this old put off the old self. The old self. In other translations, it says take off the old man. This old man, which, you used, which we used to be, had to be taken off so that we can enter into Christ's new kingdom. The old man, before Christ, was the old person that was corrupt, that sin was destroying the old man before Christ was the, was the man that was evil and decaying and sin was eating away at it. And Christ said to come into my kingdom, the old man must be put off and put away. It has to be removed. Remember what was removed. I read this illustration. It says the Romans were known to take a murderer. And stake him down to the ground. 
They would then place the body of his victim on top of him. Face to face, hand to hand, foot to foot. As the corpse rotted, corruption would eat into the murderer and destroy his life. That is the way the flesh operates. A live person with a corpse attached to them. And as that dead corpse would eat away, and that's, they would eventually die. That's what sin does to us. It just eats away at us. It eats away, it gets into every foot, face, mouth, hand, body to body. And it eats away until it destroys us. But what Christ did, what Christ did is remove that old man. He removed that dead part. That's pretty exciting. So my question that we have to ask ourselves, after God has removed the filth and the deadness of our old life, he's removed it. Why would we want to put this back on us? After all that he's done to remove the sin, the filth, the guilt, the shame, why would we want to put this old man back on? He's put it off. We got to keep it off. Amen. Are you with me? You know, we got to remember what has been removed from us. Sometimes we forget. All the stuff is, I think a lot of this is just remember. No longer. I don't want that part of me anymore. Christ took it away. No more. I don't want a hand, a foot, a tooth, a half a nose, a dirty shirt, whatever it is. Whatever's decaying and dying in this world, I don't want any of it. It's gone. Stay gone. Amen. You see what I'm saying? I think he put it off, but for us, we got to keep putting it off because it wants to come back. Christ has put it off. The challenge, keep it off. In Romans chapter 6, you know, it's funny as I thought of this title, No Longer... Excuse me. I realize how often it's in the scripture says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should what? No longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free. Amen. The old man is gone, is crucified. Goodbye. Therefore, no longer be slaves to sin, but church, be set free. Live in freedom, free to love, free to give, freedom in Christ, free to be self-controlled because it's been taken off no longer. You know, another passage in Galatians 2 and verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. You know something? I'm thinking, I think about it like this. If Christ was able in his power to take away that dead man. I'm so grateful. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to go where you tell me to go. I'm going to live how you tell me to live. Look, I need you. You've done this. Thank you, God. 
And by faith, I'm going to live for the Son of God. Do you remember what was removed? How dirty and how filthy the life is that we used to live. I'm trying. Here's what I want you to do. In those moments, in those moments when you hit that crossroad, whether you're watching TV, you're on the computer, you're at work, you're walking through the store, you're tempted at home in your marriage to get angry, to get back into the old man, I want you to just stop and say, wait a minute, no longer. Let me remember what was removed. God, remove this from me. Just stop. Sometimes if we just stopped and thought, we would not make so many foolish decisions with our lives. We don't, we don't stop and think enough. We just keep going. How do we get here? I don't know. I was just walking and I fell. No, you didn't. You don't just fall into sin. It never happens. It's just, I don't know. It's just a hole. And I fell. No, it's because you kept walking up and you didn't stop to think. You didn't remember. He removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. He doesn't even remember it. Yeah. If he just stopped and says, he removed this dead man walking, going the other way. Yeah. Or dead man walking, let me share Jesus Christ with you. Great. Just took a second to remember what we've been taught, what has been removed. It makes a huge difference in how we live our lives from day to day in this corrupt, wicked generation. My last point here. Last point in verse 23. So it says to put off. I got to find it. Here we go. To put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. But then it says verse 23. I love this part. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. And to put on the new self, created to be like who? And true righteousness and holiness. Finally, remember what you were taught. Remember what was removed. And remember that you are new. Awesome. When we were baptized, the old man was taken away. And we were clothed in Jesus Christ. Think about this. This new self means that you got a new mind. You remember how many times you tried to self-think yourself out of doing something, but you kept failing? Yeah. If I think about positive, think positive, think, don't do it, don't do it. I keep failing. I'm like, why? Because your mind is corrupt and Christ gave you a new mind. You have the mind of Christ. We get this new mind. We get a new will. New power. There's a power in us that gives the ability to say no where before we kept trying to say no, but we couldn't. But we get a new power. We get a new heart. You see, a lot of times we walk around, I got a bad heart. If you're in Christ, you have a new good heart. Satan teaches us lies. The seed falls upon good soil. Good heart. We walk around thinking, no, 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 I'm, my heart is so deceived. Yeah, in Christ, but outside of Christ, but in Christ you get a new heart. Because yeah. wow. if it was evil, you wouldn't make it to heaven. Mm -hmm. You get a new heart. Amen. 
a new inheritance. Praise God. Well, I don't have an inheritance right now, so I get an inheritance. Praise God. I mean, a, a worldly inheritance, but I get a spiritual one. New relationships. You get new knowledge. They were ignorant, but now you know truth. New wisdom, new perspective. You get his righteousness, his love. New desires, a new citizenship. It's all summed up in what? You get a new life and a new self. We get, a we get an understanding for the first time maybe in our lives to understand what is right and wrong. Yeah. We get for the first time, we understand God's requirements and what God wants from us. You know, we're not just remodeled or renovated. There's a, you are a new you. You know what I'm saying? It's not just, well, I'm just a little bit better. No, you're not better. You're not just, well, you got a little dirt off. No. You're a new you. What Christ has done, created to be like God and His holiness and righteousness. You are a new you. See, and you know this, when you get something new, a gadget, clothes, shoes, you want to keep it new, right? Right. Now, all right, I'm... You got to remember I'm from Baltimore, okay? You know, growing up, there's something that you don't do in the city. When somebody gets some fresh kicks, those are shoes. You don't step on new kicks. I mean, when you're on the bus, I'm not sure how you guys grow up catching the bus. Hold the, you got to hold the railing when you walk because you got to be cool. You know what I'm saying? You walk. I don't know why we always walk to the back. I'm like, it's, that's a whole other story. <laughs> but if you step on somebody's shoes, it's fight time. How many of you guys have seen that? I'm curious. How many of y'all fought somebody because they stepped on your shoes? I know. it's a few of y'all. All right. I'm going to take you back here. Now, these were my new kicks. That's me back in the day. Oh boy. You know what I'm saying, right? Y'all don't know. I was, I was cool back then, you know. Talking about. And I had on my white shoes. I'm telling you, when you got new shoes, all of a sudden, you walk different places. You're like, oh, that, you know there's dirt on the ground. You know, like, oh, not my new shoes. And then, when you get white shoes, you get a, a, tooth, a toothbrush and a bar of soap. I used to go home and I'm like, oh, dirt. I wanted to keep them new as, as long as possible. Hopefully you see where I'm going here. Shouldn't this is worldly stuff? I don't have those shoes anymore. I would like them. <laughs> I just want to let y'all know. Back then, the white Nikes with the with the gum sole. <laughs> Give me a second. I was a bad brother. But when you get something new. 
to keep it clean. Amen. Shouldn't we, just as we walk in this world, shouldn't we, who have been washed, been cleansed, been sanctified, been set apart, been made new, want to stay clean? Doesn't that make sense? He's doing everything else. And then once it gets dirty, you're like, ah, oh, forget it. But something happens in Christ that it's not that we just get, it's not a one-time renewing. It's Christ keeps making us renewed day after day. Yeah. Corinthians talks about that. We're new, we're made new, we're made new, we're made new, we're made new. I love that daily. We're made new, we're made new. But I think that why do we want to get dirty again after we've been made new? And here's the practical that I want to leave us with. In verse 23, it says here, All right. to be new in the attitude of your mind. If we can get, if we can ever get our minds, God has saved us, our minds, we have the mind of Christ, but I think that our minds have to keep being renewed, right? We got to keep Christ in the center of our minds because where our thinking goes is where our actions go. It's just true. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every petition that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. Every thought that goes through our mind to make it obedient to Christ. It starts in our minds. That with those things we wrestle with and we say, God, through prayer, through fasting, I want my mind to be different. You've cleansed it. I want it to be different. That's why I read my Bible. Why? Not to stay saved, but to keep my mind fresh. I want the spirit to have something to work with. So I'm reading the Bible and I'm reading scriptures and I'm telling to take it. My thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. And day in and day out, I want my mind to be renewed because my mind is renewed. I walk different. That's right. The Bible says in Philippians, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, pray with, praiseworthy. Think of such things. i got to think. Get the right things in my mind. Got to get the godly things in my mind. I want scripture in my mind. You know what I'm saying? The Bible says in Colossians, Since then you have been raised up with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated. At the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. Your old person was put off and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is your life appears, then you will. You also appear in this glory. I'm thinking, look, I, mean, I got to think of... I gotta think of heaven. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta keep thinking about this is not it. Yeah. I gotta keep thinking of I want to be with Jesus. I want to. Don't you want to hug him? Yeah. I know it sounds weird, but you think I want to hug him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I want to hear all I want. I, I, I just want to hear well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. I don't care for the Spanish, English, Hebrew. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Thank you. Yes. Am I in or am I out? Just let me know. I got to know. Yes, yes. Now, why? Because, not because of me. Because I've been clothed in holiness and righteousness. And he says, come on in. 
all this, all of us, this all ends. I got, it's my mind. I got to keep my mind thinking about godly things. I got to keep my mind in the word of God. I got to keep my mind on taking communion on what Jesus has done for me. I got to keep my mind on, man, Christ, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so grateful. Really? Really? Me? Not me. Yes, you. Okay, me. That's what the Bible says. I got to my mind renewing day after day and as I start my day I want to start with a new mind a new start because sometimes throughout the day some of that old man wants to come back and I got to reset and just I got to get back and got to get back again my mind is already made new Christ's already done that I just want to keep it fresh like a fresh pair of kids got to get my toothbrush I got to keep cleansing my mind I got to cleanse it with the word of God why so I look fresh and I can pose like this. <laughs> but, I, but God has renewed our mind. Church, no longer. No longer. Amen. Let's remember what we were taught. Remember what God has removed. Remember that you are new. We're, we're, we're new creation. And, you know, if you're not right with God today... And I know that some of us here, we haven't learned about Jesus. We haven't been taught about him. We're still in our sin. Some of us, that old man has not been removed. We have not been made new. My encouragement for you is this right here. So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord, if you're not right with God, that you must no longer... Live as the Gentiles do. And the futility of your thinking. And the darkening. They are darkening their understanding. Separated from the life of God. Because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to the heart of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity. They have given themselves over to sensuality. As to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. That you read that passage. says no longer. No longer. I need a relationship with Jesus. I need to be taught. I need to be understood. I need to understand his truth. I need the old man gone and the new man put on. You begin with no longer. Ask someone to study. Teach me about Jesus and how he can remove that. And we all say no longer. Amen. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate it. Thanks for the for the message. Uh, I'm gonna let Vicky uh, has has an announcement first. Good morning. So, how many women were at the Voice Women's Day yesterday? It was just awesome. But I'm not here to just talk about that, right? Because I could share about that all day. But I am here to share about the follow-up series to the Voice. So. It's going to be about four weeks, and the first one is going to be this Tuesday, and we're going to be learning about how to be still in God, Amen. how to hear that voice, right? Mm -hmm. So please invite your friends, whether they came yesterday or not, doesn't matter. Please have them come, and just looking forward to a great, great follow-up. So, And even if they can't make all of them, it doesn't matter. Just 
Keep inviting your friends to that, please. Thank you.